Hi everyone, this is Nancy Lurie, NDF COO. I'm here today with licensed psychotherapist Carol Gelbard, who is a longtime friend and supporter of NDF and who served for many years on NDF's board of directors and has facilitated sessions for our patients and caregivers at past NDF symposiums. Carol recently led a very well received and much appreciated much appreciated patient huddle, which is part of our patient advocacy program and a big part of our mission about managing anxiety and practicing self-care and adaptive coping skills. Carol's been gracious enough to also participate in our podcast series in order to get this important information out to even more members of our community. Hi, Carol. Hi there. It's a pleasure to be here, Nancy. Thanks so much for agreeing to speak with me today. So I know that a lot of us are experiencing anxiety surrounding the COVID-19 virus. Can you help us understand the purpose of anxiety and how we know when it's reached a level that's unhealthy? Sure. I mean, it's a really good question right now because I think so many of us are feeling extreme amounts of anxiety and the whole world is under a lot of um, stress right now and many people are um, asking themselves a bunch of questions. I think it's, uh, you know, we're hearing abundance of caution over and over again. There's a lot of uncertainty in the world. You know, boredom is often, you know, fuel for anxiety. So people have a lot more time on their hands. So they're thinking about a lot of things and ruminating about what's going on. Um, people are around our families a lot more and that can be anxiety producing. Kids are home from school. Parents are trying to figure out how to homeschool their kids. Um, so it's all this unknown and uh, sleep schedules are disturbed. Um, people are worried about their jobs. Unemployment is a big stressor for a lot of people. So I think we're asking, you know, people are asking themselves, when is this going to end and how long is this going to go on? And, you know, that is bringing up high levels of anxiety for many, many people. Um, and I think, you know, one thing that's important to learn and understand about anxiety is anxiety is actually needed because it's important to have certain levels of it, because if it's productive anxiety, which is what's mobilizing the effort to protect your family, to protect your community, to protect the world, we need to have levels of it that are at a, a, a productive level so we can keep each other safe. Now, you know, we've also seen when there isn't enough anxiety, and we can call that as denial, where we see that sometimes people are minimizing the risks and downplaying things, that this isn't a real threat. And we've seen that with people, you know, traveling during this um, pandemic and not taking it seriously and not socially distancing and how that's not being safe. So you kind of hope that there's enough of anxiety for people to recognize that they need to take action. I think when it gets to the point of being unproductive, that's when you can't think about anything else. You are catastrophizing and going to dark places. You're ruminating and wondering how are you going to keep yourself safe, and you really are having a hard time functioning. At that point, it's interfering with your sleep. It's interfering with your eating. It's interfering with your self-care, and that's when you need to be concerned. Of course, this is not something that's going to stay the same day to day, and I think it's important for people to check their anxiety levels each day, because some days you might not have it so high, and then other days it could be really high, and I think it's important to do a mental check at that point and saying, what activities and things are we engaging in that might be increasing our levels of anxiety? 
So I think it's important to look at that and how we are all coping with this uncertainty. And I think as many people have kind of been mentioning that this isn't just a crisis, this is going to be something we're gonna to have to manage for a while. Uh, this is not a sprint, it is a marathon, and we have to kind of figure out how we're going to take care of ourselves, our family, and our community. That's so interesting. You mentioned the idea of productive anxiety. I don't know that I'd ever thought of it like that before, but I can see why that would sort of be helpful for people. But what tips or suggestions can you give us as we try to manage and cope with the quarantine? Well, one thing I thought um, would be useful to talk about um, a type of therapeutic modality that a lot of clinicians use to help people manage their anxiety. It's called acceptance and commitment therapy. And there's a matrix that we look at to kind of focus on what is it that we value in our life and what is important to us? And then we really have to kind of think about those values. And then we have to look at is what's getting in the way and moving us away from those values, what feelings and what thoughts and what behaviors are pushing away, pushing us away from what we value and what things are bringing us towards the things that we value. So I'll tell you a little bit about that. Maybe that's an exercise some people can do to kind of help develop what are the most adaptive coping strategies that they can think of that are bringing them closer to their core values. So the first thing I want you to think about is who is important to you and what is important to you. And what I mean by that is like when you're thinking about your family, like what kind of parent do you want to be? What kind of brother and sister do you want to be? How do you want to be in your relationship with your partner? Um, your friends, like what kind of qualities do you bring to your friendships that you value? Um, you can talk about your employment, your career, what you value in your work, what's meaningful. You know, even looking at leisurely and fun activities that you do, what sorts of hobbies that you enjoy doing, um, and your educational growth. Is there anything you want to learn about yourself that, could, that you value? Um, even things with your spiritual practice. Um, your health and your physical well-being. You think about all those things and you think about what matters and who matters. So think about those things. And then the second step is to really look at what feelings and thoughts that are uncomfortable feelings that you might have that move you away from what's important. Um, and to really think about what is it that is going on with you at times that pushes you away from those values. And then the third thing you wanna look at is what behaviors do you exhibit that move you away from those uncomfortable experiences or unwanted thoughts and feelings? Like what behaviors do you do to cope that move you away from the values that are important to you? And then what's most important is when you start really tapping into what behaviors you could do that would move you towards who and what is important. And that's not easy to figure out, but that's really the sweet spot when you can discover those things of what's going to help you focus on the things that are important to you and what behaviors are going to bring you closer to meet the values that you've identified. That's a lot to think about. 
Yeah, and it's not easy to do, of course, but I think if people take the time to do it and look back at it and go, well, I'm doing things that are not consistent with what I want to value in my life. Um, And, you know, one example of this, and we can talk more about this when we talk about self-care, but I think a lot of people are spending an awful lot of time on screens and reading the news. And there has been a lot of studies now saying that people who watch the news 24-7 are feeling more depressed, more anxious, and that is not bringing them closer to the values that are important to them. And that's the way I kind of look at it. And I have to catch myself. I do the same thing. And I'm like, okay, this is taking me down a rabbit hole. And how helpful is that? Because it's not bringing me towards things in my life that matter, like my children and my family and my community and things that I'm passionate about that I could spend more time doing other things. Of course, it's important to stay informed, but not to the point where it's taking you away from doing things that that uh, support you and the things that you value that make you ultimately feel better. Right. And maybe one of the silver linings of this experience for all of us is if we are able to figure out how to use these skills, we can take them forward into a time when, you know, we're no longer quarantined even. That you um, you sort of uh, mentioned for a second there the the notion of and the idea of self care. Can you talk a little bit about that and what you would suggest people focus on? Yeah, I think self care as you know right now is more important than ever. We all have a lot of time on our hands. We have a lot of stress in our lives, so I think it's really really important to take care of yourself more now than ever. So some of the things I really would suggest you know, first thing is to really maintain and strengthen your spiritual practice, whatever that is, whether it's if you start your day with a meditation, whether you find some comfort in having um, like a kind of mantra that keeps you grounded every day. I mean, there's so many different types of meditation exercises and not everything works for people. Some people really have a hard time with meditation. So you just have to find something that kind of keeps you grounded and it's part of your spiritual practice of some sort. There's a lot of wonderful apps out there that help. And there are a lot of a lot of free apps that give you different guided meditations. And I think that that could be very helpful in people um, kind of grounding themselves every day to kind of manage their anxiety. You know, the second thing I think we touched on it earlier is really limiting the news exposure. You know, maybe you set a timer that you're only going to check the news about 30 minutes a day. And you really have to prune your news sources because I think there's a lot of news out there that's like fear mongering and, you know, can be very anxiety producing. And then there are other other news sources might be calm and rational. I mean, it's still going to be anxiety producing because some of the information out there is concerning, but really modulating and figuring out, you know, what, what news sources are reliable and and decreasing the amount of time you're checking the news. Now, the other thing I think it's really important to keep a daily routine and schedule. And I know from talking to a lot of uh, GNE myopathy patients that, you know, this is really hard. I mean, it is hard because, you know, to get dressed every day takes a lot of effort to, um, you know, take a shower is a lot of effort. So I recognize that that is always a challenge. But I think during these times, it's still trying to um, keep up with some kind of schedule, um, whether whatever that might be that is conducive for your for your level of functioning at this time. 
I do also think um, you got to focus on like what you're able to control instead of what you can't control. You know, we can't control what's going on the outside, but we can definitely control how we deal with it. We can control our decisions, our actions, and what we choose to follow. We can control what we cook at home, <laughs> you know, how we can help each other, all those things. Um, so I think there is more in control, that we, more control we have than we think we do. Um, I also think it's important to also practice gratitude. Um, this is also a good time to count our blessings and focus on what is going on, you know, what is going well and see the positive side of this, that maybe it is a good slowdown for a lot of people. It's an opportunity to develop new skills, to spend more time with family and connect with loved ones. Um, you know, one thing I did notice when I did the huddle with the patients yesterday was, you know, they were kind of grateful that they had the opportunity to connect with more people because a lot of people glad GNA myopathy are already socially isolated. So they're already home. So then since they're kind of quarantined because of their mobility issues. So now the whole world is available and they're having more opportunities to engage with people um, and, and be more socially connected. And I recognized a lot of the GNA myopathy patients actually have platforms through Zoom that we're all using now or other video chat um, types of services. So they are using that more and they're finding some, you know, sense of gratitude that they're able to connect more with family now because the whole world's on a slowdown. I think the other things too, it's really important to stay active. And again, I know when I'm saying active, I'm not just talking physically, I'm talking mentally and socially, you know, to keep your mind engaged mentally, whether that's reading a book, watching a fun movie, playing a game with your family, listening to your favorite music, um, occupy your mind on things that interest you, maybe a project at home. It's a good time to get creative and catch up on projects you might have put off. Um, physically, I mean, that came up in our discussion too yesterday. I know for a lot of g &E patients, it's hard to exercise. So they were trying to find some kind of modified ways to still keep their body moving. Um, however, that might be whether it's looking at different online platforms uh, that will help um, get their bodies still moving. Uh, socially, they did, we talked about that earlier, to really stay connected with friends, however that might be, to make sure you check on each other, especially people that you know, you're concerned about. And again, they're utilizing technology to take advantage and reach out to each other. Um, and I think that, you know, covers a lot of it. Um, but, you know, there's always more things that you can add to it. And one of the things about self-care and coping skills, not everything works for everybody. So you really have to kind of try things out and see what works for you. So what might work one day might not work the other day. And a lot of it depends on your mood. I mean, there might be days where you need something more calming because you're agitated. And on the days where you're more depressed, and discouraged that you might need something more uplifting. So it's kind of really developing coping skills that work for you um, on a day-to-day -day basis based on how you're feeling. And again, it's not one size fits all. You kind of have to try it out. I think that's great advice, Carol. There's, uh, there's so many things that we can do for ourselves. In fact, we put a page, a resource page, just for this time on our website on uh, qhibm.org. And I know that you're going to be adding to our website in the future as well with some links and some ideas that people can go to 
uh, when they're looking for activities or, or other ideas. It seems like there's so much messaging you know, coming at us from a lot of different sources. What are the most important messages you think people should keep in mind during this time? Well, I think, again, as we said over and over again, it's a very unpredictable, this is an unpredictable situation. We don't have the opportunity to control a lot of things. But most importantly, you know, we have, we have control over how we cope. We have control over how we treat each other. And we also have control how we work together for the greater good. And I think that's the stuff we need to keep in perspective. Um, and, you know, I hope this is like, I kind of think of it as the world being on one big timeout and kind of using this timeout as a way to be reflective about our environment, our community, science, medical care, our health, you know, to just mention a few things and really think about what as a, what could we get better at? Because we're going to have an opportunity for a reset. And, you know, during any kind of crisis, it's an opportunity for growth. It's an opportunity to learn. And I'll kind of, I saw this poem that I came across on social media, which obviously we're all trying to limit these days, but there are some positive things with social media. And I'm just going to read it to you because it was one thing that I thought was super comforting and kind of enlightening. And it kind of helped summarize, you know, this whole pandemic and kind of what we hope will happen. It says, the people stayed home. They read books, they listened, they rested, they exercised, they made art, they played games, learned new ways of being, and we were still. We listened more deeply. Some meditated, some prayed, some danced, some met their shadows, and the people began to think differently. And people healed. And in the absence of people living in ignorant, dangerous, mindless, and heartless ways, the earth began to heal. And when the danger passed and the people joined together again, they grieved their losses and made new choices and dreamed new images and created new ways to live and heal the earth fully. And as they had been healed. That's great. I think that's a great, a great place for us to stop today's session with you. Yeah. Um, I think that there's all kinds of information that people can from can, people can gather from um, all of the things that you've had to say today. And um, I think that just being able to listen and having the opportunity and access to someone like you is so valuable to people, especially at a time like this. So on behalf of NDS staff and board members, GNEM patients, caregivers and family members, and anyone else who might have happened upon our our uh, podcast today. I want to thank you for giving your time and energy to our community. Of course, it's always my pleasure. Thank you, Nancy. Thank you.